The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Well, a quick word to Sean Hannity. Sir, you don't try to win a battle by surrendering the war. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Friends, I am not your online pastor functioning as a pastor, doing my best to be a pastor of an online flock, although we do our best to minister the word to you with grace and truth. I'm not on the air primarily to be the evangelist of the hour, mainly doing outreach broadcasts. I thank God for the many fine pastors on the air and the many fine evangelists on the air. I'm not even here exclusively to teach the word although I thank God for the many fine teachers that are there. I am here by God's will and with your interest. I am here as your voice of moral sanity and spiritual clarity. I am here as your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. I'm here by God's calling on the radio in terms of why we're doing what we're doing and in our video broadcast to do my best to speak to what is happening in the culture and the world around us based on the Word of God, with the help of the Spirit of God, and always exalting Jesus. With that intro, welcome to the broadcast. Michael Brown, delighted to be with you. Here's another call if you want to weigh in on any of the hot topics we'll be talking about today, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. For those watching, we'll actually show you footage of a pastor being arrested on the streets of Canada, his crime inciting people to gather illegally. Yep. Tell you about a British chaplain fired from his job and reported to the government's anti-terrorist organization. His crime, bringing a Christian message in a school, a private school supposedly that has a Christian ethos and an encouraging letter from a parliamentary member in Canada encouraging a father who suffered for seeking to do what is right for his teenage daughter, encouraging this father who at that moment was in jail. A lot to talk about. Let me remind you that Jesus is Lord. That doesn't change. Let me remind you that all authority in heaven and earth belongs to him. That doesn't change. Let me remind you that the word of God is eternally true, that we God's people in him are overcomers, that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that were promised challenges and difficulty, even hatred, persecution for the gospel in this world. That's a given. That's a given. It's also a given that light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. So we're going to be talking about some heavy things and some things that are negative and even discouraging. But ultimately, to me, this reminds us of the truth of the word, reminds us of the spiritual conflict that we're in. I'm not mad at those who identify as transgender, you'll see where I'm mentioning that in a moment because of the interview with Sean Hannity and Bruce, quote, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, I'm not mad at transgenders or gay activists. And I believe in their mind, they're fighting for what they believe is right and best, not just for themselves, but for others. They don't want to see others mistreated the way they were mistreated, hated, even violently attacked, and therefore they stand for what they stand for. I, I understand that. 
and I stand for what I stand for, knowing that this is the message of truth and love that the whole world needs. So my goal is not to get rather angry on a kid. No, it's not in me to do. So if I speak to you out of my own heart, by the Spirit, I say by the Spirit, praying for God's grace and anointing and wisdom as I speak, it's not going to incite hatred, anger, murderous, venomous attitude. You're not going to go burn a building down, but you may get on your knees and pray. You, you may feel a, a holy outrage that, that causes you to stand for what's right and best for your family and, and, and to reach out to those that differ. So let's be world changers. Let's, let's not just get upset, but in Jesus, let's be world changers. Okay. Sean Hannity does an exclusive interview with, quote, Caitlyn Jenner last week. I want to just run the, the beginning. They, they play a campaign video. Jenner running for governor of California has announced that to oust Governor Gavin Newsom as they have enough votes for the recall and in certain ways standing for conservative values. Yeah. So uh, a campaign video is played, you know, making Jenner out to be a champion is going to stand for, for what's right and even fight for pastors' rights to gather during COVID, you know, all these kinds of things. And then the interview starts. So I, I want to play the beginning and then just a little bit of an excerpt or two from the interview. Here we go. And Caitlyn Jenner now joins us. Wait a second. After that opening? Yeah. I'm out of here. That's the campaign. Yeah. I'm moving on. Yeah, that was the scariest thing I've ever heard. My friends are leaving California. Actually, weren't my hanger. The guy across... Right over from me, he was packing up his hangar. I said, where are you going? And he says, I'm moving to uh, Sedona, Arizona. I can't take it anymore. I can't walk down the streets and see the homeless. Well, but but okay. girls, transgender sports, yes. people that like joy that say the wrong thing. Joy that says, you know, I, I mentioned a second ago, my mom sometimes, you know, when she gets upset, you know, she, I, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that. The community has a bigger problem with that than I do. Um, I stick with my statements that I made. Um, I think um, uh, we have to make sure that the integrity of girls' sports is there. I think that's extremely important. How you came down on the sports side of the issue. Uh, I don't know why, to be honest with you, I don't know why they keep asking that. What yeah. do you think, Sean? I don't know. Why, why do they keep asking me uh, that question? Uh, yeah. Great question. Ah. ah, okay. This is what I would describe as trying to win a battle by surrendering the war. This is saying, hey, Bruce Jenner slash Caitlyn Jenner, Jenner is now famous transgender icon, famous as a sports hero before that, now as a transgender icon, and therefore many on the left would like Jenner, and now Jenner is opposed to Gavin Newsom, and the crazy policies in California. So <clears throat> to paraphrase the old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? So Jenner is an enemy of Newsom, so to say, becomes a friend of Sean Hannity. Well, you can be friends. You can love somebody. You can care for them, love your neighbors yourself and all that. And Jenner may be a decent human being in many ways, but you do not lead a conservative movement as a major voice, right? He's one of the most watched listen to conservative voices in America and proudly identifies as Catholic, right? Sean Hannity. You don't now welcome a transgender icon on your show as Caitlin. Any references to Jenner were to she, her, either from, from Hannity or the narrator leading things in. You've, you've already capitulated. There's a discussion. Well, look, they're bigger 
issues than gender pronouns, and they both agree with that. And it's like, well, hang on, of course there are bigger issues than gender pronouns, but there's a whole ag agenda with this. And you don't capitulate on the whole agenda because someone says things about, yeah, biological boys in sports, they shouldn't be allowed to, to compete with girls. That's what Jenner says. Why do they keep asking? Well, obviously they keep asking because he was an Olympic hero. Now transgender, what does he have to say about that? Yeah, biological boys shouldn't compete with girls in sports. Well, if they're biological boys, then he's a biological male. And you don't refer to a biological male as a she or, or her. <clears throat> Here, the campaign video they played. Here's, here's a line from Jenner. I wanted to carry the torch for the parents who had to balance work and their child's education, for business owners who were forced to shut down, for pastors who are not able to be with their congregation. Well, I appreciate that, Stan, but we do not need a transgender activist to fight for, for pastors and religious freedom. You say, no, Mike, you're missing the whole point. This is the brilliance of it. You see, you get someone who's on that side and then you use them to expose the bankruptcy on the other side. No, to repeat, that is like winning a battle by surrendering the war. Could you imagine in the, in the first days when it was announced that Bruce Jenner was becoming Caitlyn and woman of the year, I don't think Sean Hannity was referring to him as her or she back then. I don't think that Sean Hannity back then would have said, oh, yes, Caitlin, of course, we are, we're, and we'll have her on the air and celebrate her campaign for, for governor of California. I, I, mean, I mean, look, <clears throat> this is the larger societal confusion that we're dealing with. This is the larger reason why many kids are confused, why the education system is turned upside down. I'm, I'm just looking at, at a, a headline on National Review from minutes ago. Biden, HHS, Health and Human Services, redefines sex as non-biological in new anti-discrimination rule change. I mean, th this is major, massive. No, sex is not biological. Sex is what you perceive it to be. Do you realize where this ultimately goes? And then with the Equality Act looming, which would completely gut religious freedoms in America and a large part of the battle being over transgender, quote, rights, you, you do not embrace someone as transgender. Uh, you embrace them as an individual, care for them, love them. But you do not embrace them on your platform as she, her, Caitlin, when it is a biological male. You, you have parts of the interview here, lines like this. I just pulled this out. I love this country. I'm a patriarch. I love this state. I can't go to my hair salon. <laughs> Bruce Jenner would be a patriarch in sports, except he now identifies as she, as Caitlin has had sex change surgery. So how can she be a patriarch? And if you're a patriarch, you don't go to a hair salon. <clears throat> you won't refer to it as a hair salon. So this is, this is part of the larger mess, larger confusion. Remember Professor Jordan Peterson, before he became internationally well-known, before he became internationally celebrated as a brilliant conservative intellectual, when he found out that laws in Canada were going to mandate speech and say, for example, that if, if Caitlyn Jenner was a student in a school that he would have to refer to him as her, so government-enforced speech, he said, I'm not going to comply. If they force me, they fine me, I won't pay it. If they put me in jail, I'll go under hunger, on a hunger strike. He said, I won't do it. I'm not going to let the government mandate my speech. So it's, it's not even what you can't say, but what you must say.
that, that goes even further, which you must say. And he says, especially when there's some radical ideologues behind it. Well, that's what Sean Hannity just did in the show. It gives a platform to normalize this. No big deal. Hey, if it's perfectly fine for the most watched conservative TV broadcast in America to give a platform to Caitlyn Jenner and welcome her as her, right? Welcome him as her and celebrate the common goals you're fighting for, etc. <laughs> you've surrendered you've surrendered the war in, in in the process. It is a big big mistake. We've watched this happen for years now and now once again repeating the cycle. When are we going to learn? It's the ideology. It's the ideology that's the issue. I pray for God's best for Bruce Jenner. I don't demonize him. Like I said, he may be a decent human being in many ways and obviously went through some internal pain to do what he did. But please, it's the ideology. That's the battle. That's the issue. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the Line of Fire, 866-34-TRUTH. Truth, yeah, true and truth. Uh, before I take calls and, and get into some other matters here, uh, a few years back, uh, PragerU, which is so brilliant and does such an amazing job of putting out high-quality video after high-quality video, uh, just dealing with key issues in the society and getting great thought leaders on and multiracial, multi-ethnic, and in five minutes they put things together, animated form, really easy to listen to the hundreds of millions of views of their videos. So a few years ago, they made the mistake of doing a video. Someone got approved by the folks that should have stopped it. And it was a gay conservative. And he was saying, I'm a Christian first, American second, conservative third, and gay fourth. And the strategy was to try to open the eyes of those on the left to the right being more inclusive and to challenge some of the ideology, etc. So... There was a, an, an uproar over this, and I was involved in the middle of this. In fact, this is what birthed our Consider This videos. It, it was out of this that, that we got some funding to start putting out videos like this of our own. So we, we were able to do a, a number of those, uh, starting with Can You Be Gay and Christian? And uh, Prager never advertised. Once it was out, they realized it was a mistake, never pushed it, advertised it thereafter. And so we, I never made a public issue of it either. The, the, the fact is, I, I bring it up now because it's the same ideological error, that LGBTQ activism remains the principal threat to freedom of religion, speech, and conscience in America and around the world, many nations around the world. It is, it is not because of some monstrous power that gay activists have, but because of the solidarity that they have in the business world, the solidarity they have in, in, in the media and, and Hollywood and things like that, that there is, there is solidarity for the cause and therefore it has become the cause. And those who differ will be demonized. In fact, guys, let's, uh, let's switch over to the situation in the, uh, in the UK. And um, let me read through this press release, all right? Just, just saw this news uh, today, actually, earlier today. So it's a press release from Christian Concern in, in England. 
a school chaplain reported to terrorist watchdog and forced out of job for sermon on identity politics. Okay. A Christian chaplain has launched legal action after being reported to the government's terrorist watchdog and losing his job for delivering a sermon in a school chapel that encouraged respect and debate on quote identity ideologies. Supported by the Christian Legal Center, Reverend Dr. Bernard Randall, 48, who is ordained in the Church of England and is a former chaplain of Christ College, Cambridge, is taking Trent College to court for discrimination, harassment, victimization, and unfair dismissal. An employment tribunal hearing is expected to be heard at East Midlands Employment Tribunal from uh, 14th, June 2021. Um, In June 2018, the independent school, which has a, quote, Protestant and Evangelical Church of England ethos, invited the leader of Educate and Celebrate, gay activist organization, Ellie Barnes, into the school to train staff. The aim was to teach staff on how they could, quote, embed gender, gender identity, and sexual orientation into the fabric of your school. Ms. Barnes openly declares that the ethos of Educate and Celebrate is, quote, to completely smash heteronormativity. That's what we want to do. Dr. Randall, whose job description declared his role to be the particular voice and embodiment of Christian values, which were at the heart of Trent's ethos, was alarmed when during the training, Ms. Barnes instructed staff to chant, smash heteronormativity. Furthermore, Ms. Barnes wrongly informed staff that, quote, gender identity is a protected characteristic under the Equality Act. So anyway, he raised concerns. He was assured by the head teacher that he'd be involved in a decision-making process, um, found out that the school adopted policies without his input. They thought, well, he, he might disagree, so they left him out. So after asking students what subjects they'd like to hear in his sermons during the summer term Christian chapel services, Dr. Randall was approached by a student who asked him whether he would address, quote, how come we're told we have to accept all this LGBT stuff in a Christian school? <clears throat> so, so now let's, let's hear from this chaplain himself in his words, as he describes what happened and tells you about the sermon that he preached that, that caused him to lose his job and get reported to the anti-terrorist arm of the British government. To repeat, I am not making this up. Let's listen. I never, ever thought that giving a sermon would lead to me being dismissed and reported for prevent and safeguarding and and treated in in such a way. Yeah, so here's the background details. so mind-blowing. I was thinking, I'm never going to work again because I've been accused of being a terrorist. This is the sermon I gave in June 2018. But remember that religious belief is just as protected in law as sexual orientation. And no one has the right to discriminate against you or be abusive towards you. Yeah, told by the school that his sermon undermined the school's I agenda. I comprehend how I'd done anything so wrong that I needed to be suspended. Ruffled a few feathers, maybe. But then as a Christian minister, sometimes that's your job. No one should be discriminated against simply for who he or she is. There was not a word of violence. I wasn't stirring up anything uh, except respect. When ideologies compete, we should not descend into abuse. We should respect the beliefs of others. I meant what I said. Respect people you disagree with. Love your neighbor. And the fact that in this day and age, a sermon should be deemed effectively blasphemous 
by other people. It would just never have occurred to me before this happened that that could be something that would happen in, in 21st century Britain, which I thought was a, a liberal, tolerant society. Yeah, there's a reason we've been warning about this for years. There's a reason we've been documenting street preachers in England getting arrested simply for sharing what the Bible says about marriage and family and sexuality. The only thing that surprises me is that this pastor, who seemed quite guileless in what he did, in other words, hey, let's, let's address the issue, say it's fine to, to differ, fine to, to have open debate, just be respectful and loving towards one another. You don't just have to accept everything, be it about the Christian faith or about the Muslim faith or about Brexit and in, 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 in politics or about LGBT issues. Let's have open discussion. That's what Christians do. That's what he's saying in the sermon. So very guileless in that respect. He had differences and, and spoke to them when students asked him to, but in a way that everyone should be able to say, yeah, that's fair, that's gracious, that's Christian. That's what we'd expect you to do, sir. Said he gets fired, reported to, to anti-terrorist government organization. The only issue I have is to be that shocked that it happened. I'm glad he was that shocked and that he came into this innocently in that regard. But... Here, let, let me give you an example of something. <clears throat> in 2006, Mel White, Dr. Mel White publishes a book called Religion Gone Bad. We'll put it up on the screen for those watching. Religion Gone Bad. Subtitle, The Hidden Dangers of the Christian Right, September 7, 2006. That's the release date it shows on the picture here on Amazon. Religion Gone Bad, The Hidden Dangers of the Christian Right. So Dr. Mel White was a well-known Fuller Seminary professor. He was a fine Bible teacher, pastor, was a ghostwriter for Billy Graham and Jerry Falwell, married with children, and then came out saying, I've always been attracted to men. He went through counseling. He went through electroshock therapy. He went through exorcism and everything. And when nothing changed and he was trying to commit suicide, his failed to, to succeed, but tried to commit suicide, he and his wife agreed to an amicable divorce and she even wrote a foreword for his book where he tells his story. And he became maybe the best known, quote, gay Christian activist, uh, working tirelessly for years to change views on this. And then in 2006, wrote the book, Religion Gone Bad. That was the title of it. Well, then I saw a few years later, he had another book out because I was getting his books and reading, trying to understand where he was coming from. And, and be able to respond in a, a biblical and godly and gracious way. So, so look at this new book that he puts out, all right? The title is Holy Terror, Lies the Christian Right Tells Us to Deny Gay Equality, with a date of May 22, 2012, so almost six years later. Holy Terror, the lies the Christian right tells us to deny gay equality. He calls it holy terror. Very strong words. Okay, so here's the shocker. It's the same book. It's basically the same book. How do I know? Because I, I have both of them. I had religion gone bad. I, I read good parts of it. And I start reading Holy Terror. It's like, isn't that the same illustration he used in this other book? And read a little bit more. Wait a second. It's basically the same book. But over six years, his, his tone got even more militant, even more extreme. Now warning, not about just religion going bad, but about Christian terrorist, right? I mean, what other word are you going to put on it? Christian terrorist. He, if he said, calls it holy terror 
And he's talking about Christians who believe that the Bible says that marriage is a union of one man and one woman, and that God created men for women and women for men, and that this is his intent, and that, and that God is against gay sex and gay relationships while he loves the people. He's against that. If that is, quote, holy terror, then those who hold to that, these Christians who hold to it, would, by his definition, then be Christian terrorists. So I'm not in the least bit surprised that this pastor for preaching that message gets reported because that's the, that's the lie that's being sold. These are violent extremists and they're dangerous. No, we love Jesus. We love our neighbor and we're going to preach the truth. But friends, how many times for how many years do we have to say it's been wake up time? The alarm sounded years ago, more than a decade ago, longer than that. It sounded and some are still like, oh, gonna nap some more. No friend, no time for that. No time for that. Back with your calls and more. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the Line of Fire. You know, oh, a couple of years back, there was a publicist who wanted to get me on a major conservative show, TV show. And he said one of the, you know, the, the guy had multiple TV producers. So there are any number you could try to imagine who I'm talking about, but I'm not giving specifics for, for reasons here. Uh, but big shows like that have multiple producers. And I, I was told the challenge is that there's some really aggressive gay producers working with this show, and it's going to be hard to get me on from this perspective, perspective of biblical family values when it comes to sexuality. So there's a lot of sellout. There's a lot of compromise along the way in many, many, many different circles. And that's why it's, it's unfortunate, but it's not a shock to see Sean Hannity embrace Bruce Jenner as Caitlyn, as she, as her. It's not a surprise uh, that this would happen there. I don't know behind the scenes what goes on, who his producers are or aren't. Whether I was talking about him or not, you'll just have to guess and wonder. But this type of stuff is not uncommon. This is not uncommon. Okay. We go over to the phones, starting with Dan in New Brunswick, Canada. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Hi, Dr. Brown. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Great. Um, on on the, the interview, um, just, just a comment. I watched the interview, and um, I'm a conservative believer. Uh, I, I certainly don't believe that Caitlyn Jenner is, is – yeah, it's Caitlyn. Um, that's Bruce Jenner. But, but um, Bruce's policies. Bruce is, I, I think the interview was great. I think it was, it was fantastic. Um, I think he should be voted in. His policies are, are, are wonderful. Now, here's, here's my question. Um, and, and, you know, I could be wrong here, but you had supported Donald Trump. You did uh, warn believers about idolatry, some of uh, Trump's, uh, you know, less than godly character traits. So what separates a Donald Trump who, I mean, demands a, a blatant pervert, what separates him from Bruce Jenner, other than a transgender issue? Other than that, right? So why, his, yeah. So, so yeah. first, um, the first thing is that he was not. The, when you say he's a blatant pervert, I don't know what you mean by that. Pervert's a, a very strong word, but uh, 
there were issues with his speech and his character that were concerning that I could address. As for the fundamental stands he was taking and the major hills he was willing to die on, those were the hills to me that, that had to be foundational. Uh, if, gotcha. for example, he had been uh, pro-abortion or liberal on abortion, I, I never would have voted for him. If he had been v- uh, vocally, uh, actively pro-LGBT instead of somewhat of a mixed bag there, I wouldn't have voted for him. If he had not stood with Israel the way he did, I wouldn't have voted for him. There are, there are the, the three fundamental things for me, which are lines that can't be crossed, just for me, when I vote. Uh, one is abortion. The other is, is family values, which includes sexuality. And the other is standing with Israel. So gotcha. if a candidate may be a little weak on one, but rock solid on the others, and I have to evaluate that candidate versus others, I might evaluate. But, but otherwise, I'm looking for be able to check off all three strongly. And so it, the transgender issue to you is a, it's a deal breaker. Oh, it's massive. It's, I've, I've been warning for over 15 years that the principal threat to freedom of religion, speech, and conscience in America, I could say Canada, I could say Australia, I could say UK and other places, the principal threat to freedom of religion, speech, and conscience is LGBT activism. It was initially LGB activism when I was sounding the alarm. The T has been added to it. So you could go to jail for several years in Norway. Go to wow. jail wow. in Norway. Let, let's say I, on, on the air, I made reference to Bruce Jenner as he, so I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm saying. I could potentially go to jail for doing that. It's been the law in New York City for oh, a couple of years now that if I did that in the workplace, I could be fined up to $250,000. You have various states now. I didn't know that. Wow. You have various states fighting for girls' sports that are now having to pass laws saying, okay, a biological boy cannot compete side by side with a biological girl. We're about to have controversy potentially in the Olympics where some of the stars in female sports that might take a lifelong dream of a gold medal away from someone, a woman that's worked to be the best, could go to males who identify as female. Uh, the list goes on and on. The whole case I mentioned with Jordan Peterson in Canada. You know, Rob Hoogland, who just got out of jail uh, uh, because of the strong activity of, of, of his lawyer uh, after being sentenced to six months in, in jail and I think a $30,000 fine, when I talked to him face-to-face in 2019, he was ordered by the court not to refer to his daughter as she or use her name even in the privacy of his home. And if, if he was found doing that, he could be arrested. So you're, you're, you're in talking, Canada? Yeah, in Canada. Just, just search for Rob Hoogland, H-O-O-G-L-A-N-D. And the whole thing that launched Jordan Peterson into international fame was, was when the law was passed nationally about use of pronouns. And when, when he My said, word. yeah, so, so this is... It, it's now the, I get you. Now right, right. I understand. It's the larger wow. ideology that is such a terrible threat. Now, let's break it down one step further. The ones that suffer the most are the kids. So there is increasing confusion with young people, especially many teenagers, teenage girls struggle with their bodies. They don't feel right. And they're not as pretty as the other girl. Or I'm a fat or just the changes that come to them as they're growing up. I mean, this is very common. You now have what's called rapid onset gender dysphoria. It's, it's become like a, a plague where you have maybe 15, 16-year-old girls who have never previously identified 
as, as male or thought they were male or always happy being girls. Now they're actually questioning their, their gender identity, and now they're being diagnosed with, quote, gender dysphoria. And there, there are now girls 20 years old that have had full mastectomies and say, what, did I, what in the world did I do? Especially uh, they found it with girls with maybe mild autism and, and further, you know, body identity issues that in gr- whole groups they've been coming out saying we now identify as transgender to the point that, that British physicians have had to say we've got to slow this whole thing down. Because the policy had been that if you've got a 10-year-old and you say that, yeah, that kid has gender dysphoria, let's put them on hormone blockers to stop the onset of puberty and, and, so, and potentially uh, make them infertile for life. But let, let's do this. And now they're being told, wait and see. Let things develop longer. Yeah, so there's the larger agenda, the Equality Act in America. Uh, if, if that passes, that effectively guts religious freedoms. So, for example, if your church... Is, uh, is used, your church building is used for weddings, the gay couple comes, you must allow them to have a wedding, otherwise you're discriminating. You have a, a, uh, a Christian uh, preschool for kids three, four years old, for the parents to drop off while they're going to work before the kids can go to kindergarten. And I come in, you know, very obvious male with a mustache, wearing a dress, identifying as Michelle, and otherwise qualified for the job, you'd be required to hire me, otherwise you're discriminating. Uh, against me <laughs> michelle brown <laughs> yeah no, it doesn't doesn't ring right doesn't ring right yeah yeah so so that that's why i love your question and i'm so glad you asked it but that's that's ultimately uh, ultimately the the issue and yeah. jenner in the interview did say that he's been progressive you know in other ways his whole life and then conservative in, in some so to me it's, it's a massive mistake a massive ideological mistake and, yeah, and like that, I, said, I have to agree yeah. yeah, with that, you, so you, you may win a battle because Bruce Jenner is saying, yeah, boys should not compete with girls in sports, but you've, you've surrendered the war. Hey, Dan, yeah. thank you for questioning me on this and allowing me to explain. Thank I appreciate you. it. You bet. You're very welcome. All right, 866-34-TRUTH. Yeah, all right. Thanks for the note, guys. Uh, Jenner also became pro-gay marriage in 2017 after being against it previously. You say, hey, look, better to get rid of Gavin Newsom. Well, maybe we're, we're, there's a lesson we're supposed to learn here. Maybe there's something we could, we could learn uh, from all of this. Uh, maybe there's a lesson we could learn from our experiences with Donald Trump or act, in the end, his shortcomings, his failings, his actions, his words became his worst enemy. And then became the enemy of the Republican Party, which is why two candidates ultimately lost in Georgia. They may not have been the strongest candidates anyway. But you wouldn't be talking about the Equality Act passing and other things happening because of the 50-50 split in the Senate. It still would have been 52-48 Republican-Democrat. But once you're, you're, you're attacking the Republican officials in Georgia and calling people enemy of the state and throwing Mike Pence under the bus and 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 the day of the storming of the Capitol and all this other stuff going on. <laughs> okay, okay, there are consequences. So when you think of Trump, if he had humbled himself and repented of acting like a school child, look, none of my grandkids, okay, the youngest is 14 now. None of my grandkids, if, if, I, if I saw them talking to others the way Trump talk to national leaders or talk to local reporters or whatever, I'd be, I'd be shocked and mortified. I'd be shocked and mortified if they did it five years ago. 
when they were, you know, nine and, and, and 12 and 15, I'd be shocked if they did it then. <clears throat> so there are consequences for bad behavior. And to the extent we just identify with a candidate, okay, fine. If you say, I'm not thinking about God, I'm not thinking about, about Christian views, I'm not thinking, uh, all I'm thinking about is a political thing, which candidate's better. And I, I know that I'm a citizen of a heavenly kingdom in this world, and the world's messed up either way. So I'm just voting pragmatically, and I'm not putting my trust in a candidate. I'm not identifying with a candidate. I'm just choosing between, just like going to the restaurant, and get an appetizer from this column, something from this, whatever. That's how, that's how I'm voting. Okay, that's, that's your call. That's, that's obviously your call. But now when Christians are going to strongly identify with a candidate, that's our man, that's our woman, that's the one, then we make a big mistake. They may make a big mistake. All right. Uh, okay. Mike in Greenville, I'm coming your way next. We've got a break in a few seconds. But I, I want to – let's just show this footage. Let's just roll this footage from Canada, okay, as I'm speaking as we come to the break. I, I want to roll some footage. This is Pastor Arthur Pulaski in Canada. You see him. If you're watching, he's on the street being handcuffed on his knees in his suit and tie by Canadian police. And uh, you'll see him then dragged away after that. They arrested him as he pulled away from church. The charges were inciting people to assemble illegally. I mean, it's, it's shocking footage. He's in a prison cell right now, as I understand it. Shocking footage. Now, he's calling the Nazis and Gestapo. You might say he's, he's provocatory when they came to his church building and, and basically marched in on Easter and, and he was able to get them out just with the force of his voice. Kept calling them Nazis. Well, he comes from Poland, and, and, he, and he saw the reality of communism there and, and what things were like and, and knew of the ideology of the Nazis. So in his mind, that's how he's being treated. I don't know him at all, but it's still shocking footage. This is over COVID issues in Canada. It's The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. Again, I don't know all the background with the pastor in Canada, all the situation. I do know that they continued to meet during COVID restrictions, he was then threatened with arrest and arrested for, quote, inciting illegal assembly and handcuffed on the streets. As I understand it, rather than going back to the church building, he was arrested once he drove away and handcuffed on the streets. It's, it's a crazy day in which we're living. I don't know all the ways in which these things were handled. I do understand the desire to be safe during a pandemic. I also understand there's massive government overreach and overreaction. So we will continue to monitor that. 866-34-TRUTH. And I've got some encouragement from Canada. I'm going to share a letter with you in a moment. But first, to the phones, we go to Mike in Greenville, South Carolina. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Well, hello, Dr. Brown. Thank you for your show. Sure. Thank you. The, the, to me, the biblical aspect of this uh, is very clear. Uh, first, um, the Bible is very clear about uh, the fear of the Lord being the uh, beginning of wisdom. And addressing the LGBT issues and, and the evils of it, 
Uh, God's very clear in the example of Sodom and Gomorrah, and I'm convinced there were probably three types of people other than Lot and his family uh, who who did escape except for his wife, obviously. But um, the three types that remained in Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm convinced, were the ones that were the homosexuals uh, committing the abominations. Then there were the group of residents that were uh, supportive in light of being fairness. And then the third group were the, were the ones that were, they were against it, but they tolerated it. And uh, for those that have read the Bible, they, they know the outcome. And that's dangerous for America. And uh, if we look back in history, at one time in America, not only was homosexuality illegal, if convicted, it carried the death penalty. So our founders and early Americans knew that not only the evils, the, them being given over to a reprobate mind, but the dangers for the nations that the nations that tolerate it. Uh, the, yeah, the outcome and, that. Uh, yeah, uh, let, let me just jump in, Mike. And obviously, as you're kind of reflecting and speculating and what would be going on in society, right? You are painting a picture of, of where we are, right? Because you either you want to be fair-minded and open-minded and so on, and you end up uh, affirming, even celebrating things that are in and of themselves evil, wrong, destructive. Now, now look, please, please hear me. And I, I, I want to expand on something Mike was saying, but please hear me for a moment. The issue is not simply what someone does in the privacy of their home. The issue is not simply who a person is attracted to. The issue is how something ultimately affects the rest of society. Hey, Mike, thank you. Thank you for your call. And, and let, let, me, let me further comment on that. <clears throat> let me explain. You may have a gay couple next door, that the nicest neighbors you know, and trust, totally trustworthy. If, if you needed someone to, to, hey, could you be on the lookout? I'm getting this package, this expensive package. I, I think it's going to be coming today. Oh, we're home. You bet. You bet. We're, we're your eyes when you're out. They are reliable. They are trustworthy. They are friendly. They're just a great couple, except it's a man with a man or a woman with a woman. Otherwise, I mean, nice people or they're raising an adopted child or a child from a previous marriage and they just love that kid. I don't doubt that for a second. I don't doubt that, that some of the nicest people in the society, hardest working, you know, best friends, family members, whatever, identify as gay or lesbian or bisexual, transgender. I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. However, the issue is once you've, and then there are others who are, engage in every kind of sexual perversion, the same with, with heterosexuals. The, the point is, the point is, it's not just something happening in the privacy of someone's home. It's something now that redefines the meaning of marriage for the whole society. See, it's where it goes. It's where it goes. Yes, the act itself is sinful and wrong in God's sight. Absolutely true. A man to be with a man, woman to woman is a fundamental violation of God's order, design, plan. Absolutely true. No doubt about that. But the, the issue now becomes how it flows out into society, indoctrination of children in schools from, from preschool on up, intimidation on college campuses, attack on religious freedoms, redefining of marriage, now laws that would, would make it discriminatory to say that a boy can't compete in girls' sports, and on and on. That's the issue. How does it affect society as a whole? 
That's why God began to lay this on my heart in 2004. Reach out to the people with compassion. Resist the agenda with courage. It's the agenda that's the issue. Yeah, it's true about Sodom. I'll read from uh, Ezekiel chapter 16 that this was not the only issue. It says in Ezekiel 16, uh, 49, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food and prosperities, but did not aid the poor and needy. They were haughty and did an abomination before me, so I removed them when I saw it. So, so there you have it. All these other things are there first, and then that kind of gives place to the final manifestation of the abomination committed, obviously, homosexual acts rampant. But it's the other things that are singled out first. Pride, excess of food, prosperous ease, not aiding the poor and needy, haughty, and did an abomination. Let's look at America for all those other things and ask, maybe this is a, a process of how we got where we are. Okay, word of encouragement from Canada. So Rob Hoogland, imprisoned for violating court order, referring to his daughter and, and the treatments that she was getting and uh, how, why he was opposing her, her transgender transition. So he's in jail, and uh, Derek Sloan, conservative parliamentarian in, parliamentarian in Canada, wrote to him. And uh, let's put this on the screen. Dear Rob, so sorry to hear about your recent turn of events. Stay strong. The biggest changes come from government overreach like this. You will gain far more notoriety for your public fight on this and on this issue than if you had remained silent. This is a tough time, but know that you are in the hearts and minds of many. I spoke personally with Pastor James Coates, who was also in jail this spring, COVID, holding services during COVID, and he really wants to reach out to you. Your team is busy looking to get you a crack criminal defense lawyer who got him out of prison for now. This is a low point, but it's things like this that will cause your plight to spread and the government to eventually break. Stay strong, and for now, just focus on getting through this. Whatever you have to do, just stay cool, stay calm, and take one day at a time. You're in all of our prayers. Genesis 49, 18, I look for your deliverance, Lord. What a great letter. What a great letter from someone who understands what happens. It is government overreach like this. It is these extremes which then make martyrs out of individuals. It's just some guy trying to go about his business and do what's best for his daughter, his teenage daughter. And, and someone else, you know, pastor in England, just trying to answer questions from his students, a chaplain, and speaking at a school, a street preacher. These people are not intending to be known nationally, let alone internationally. They're not expecting to lose jobs or go to jail. But, it's what happens, and when enough of it happens, people begin to wake up. Look, I'm all for doing whatever can be done to keep people safe during a pandemic. And with dear friends of mine in India, I've been checking in with them regularly. How are you doing? Because a few of them had COVID. One lost a, a loved one. One of the Christian ladies we worked with there for many, many years, close with her and her husband, actually baptized them when they were teenagers. Uh, her mom passed away, COVID-related, just a few weeks ago. A number of the family members gone through having the virus. It's ravaging India. Uh, Christians are dying as well. Uh, I am all for doing whatever can be done to keep people safe. But there are many, many reasons to question various government policies. 
many, many reasons, whether it was Trump or Biden or Fauci or someone else or the CDC or the HW, uh, uh, the WHO, there are many reasons to question things. And you can't even question now. If, if, you, if, if you're Governor DeSantis of Florida and you put a, a video on YouTube just saying, hey, others have different views, you know, Harvard, MIT, Stanford, whatever the scholars, scientists are from, they've got different views, different approaches, and the video gets removed. There's a reason for questioning things. Look, there was just a, a boxing match in Texas this past, uh, in Dallas, this past Saturday night that had the largest indoor crowd ever. So it's a stadium with a roof on it. Largest indoor crowd ever for a boxing match, like 74,000 people. That's in one place in Texas. Why? Because they've relaxed the restrictions. And Florida had an event, both mixed martial arts, combat sports related. This is a couple of weeks ago, a couple of Saturdays ago. And they had like 15 something thousand people and they were body to body. I imagine the vast majority weren't wearing masks. So you've got states questioning things. Then you have a pastor saying, we're going to go on and hold our services and getting arrested for it. There are lots of things that, that bring society to a breaking point. Our goal is not some armed revolution. You say, why do you talk about revolution? I've talked about revolution for years because I'm talking about a gospel-based moral and cultural revolution. And that happens when, when people say enough is enough. No, no, not to pick up weapons, to take up the cross and follow Jesus and say enough is enough with us living compromised lives. We're going to stand and do what's right regardless of cost or consequence. That's what disciples do. And when the government continues to overreach, people ultimately say enough is enough. Let it be in a peaceful, godly, Jesus way. Let us set that example. Another program powered by the Truth Network.